Hey, Storm Freaks, it's Phil. Hey, we're welcoming back Jeff Birardelli, but this time he's back in Tampa Bay as the chief meteorologist at WFLA-TV, and he's here to talk about tropical storms. I do remember being really angry when they heard when I heard they passed on, because think about it, it just happened. It was a complete disaster. Everybody said, we're going to do something about it, and then when it came down to it, money got in the way. We also have some hashtag weather fools and share our WX resources. So all that and more on episode 165 of the Stormfront Freaks podcast. Going green. Greenage. Saddle up. You got it, boss. Welcome to the most entertaining weather podcast. This is the award-winning Stormfront Freaks podcast. It's brought to you by Kalshi, a federally regulated exchange. So this is where you can trade and forecast weather events, including hurricanes, water levels, and global temperatures. Uh, just go to kalshi.com slash SFF, and you can sign up and learn a lot more. And I want to let you guys know, by the way, um, because... We had uh, Luana on uh, a couple episodes ago to talk a little bit about this. I just bought five contracts for 60 cents each. Okay, big spender, I know. That there would be greater than two major Atlantic hurricanes this year. Impressive. So wow. all my money is on three or more major Atlantic hurricanes this year. Jeff, how do you think I'm going to do? So far, you're a loser. Uh, so far, yeah, you're so correct. Far. But, well, but, but well, and you know, this storm, as of last time I checked, uh, Earl was still a cat too. Because yeah. you know, and, and, and this is how bad your luck is. It has been strengthening for 24 hours, but instead of the energy going into making the core stronger, it's just been getting bigger. Usually, <laughs> usually we see the the core strengthen, and we see you know become cat two, cat three, cat four. And in this case. Because I think partially because it's decently far north, but that's really not necessarily the reason it's good outflow. It's expanding its size with that yeah. energy rather than its intensity. So it seems like the uh, dice are loaded against you. Yeah, so I, t I've, I've only got really three bucks into it because of five contracts at 60 cents. I got about three bucks in. But again, if there are three or more by the end of the year, end of November, um, uh, it's all about I get a buck. So I, I can make. Two or three bucks on that whole deal. How's that sound? That's. I'm looking at this website. I've never heard of it before, so I'm checking it out right now. Yeah, so there, there are all kinds of cool stuff. You can. Uh, it's like fantasy football for weather nerds. It's kind of cool. Uh, I also want to uh, put a thanks out to our Patreon teammates. Uh, they're the ones that also help support the show, uh, including those joining us live tonight. I know Josh Burnham uh, is uh, on the chat, and we got Angela Krager in the studio. So, uh, so yeah, so we got uh, some, some great friends on tonight as well. Um, you can also join us, right? It's not exclusive. You can join our Patreon team with multiple levels of perks. Just go to uh, stormfrontfreaks.com, and uh, you can find out more there as well. So it's always happy hour every time we record. It's always cool, but, you know, when we record at night, it's a lot easier too. But uh, so we're going to go around. We're going to find out what everybody's drinking tonight. And this is a great way for us to also introduce our co-hosts, find out who's here this evening. Uh, I'm going to start with Mark M.J. Johnson up in Minnesota. M.J., what are you drinking? Hey, I've got a uh, Kettle House Brewing out of Bonner, Montana. 
It's the cold smoke scotch ale. <laughs> cold and, smoke. Uh, yeah. Fitting. Nice. A little bit fitting. Yeah. Little little smoke down there right now. I like it. Um, all right, let's go to uh, Jen Watson down in Atlanta. Jen, what are you drinking? Oh, my God, nothing exciting as always. I've got some um, sparkling watermelon water. I have to... <laughs> At least it's got flavor. It's got something. <laughs> right. And some bubbles. I know. I have to work after this recording. So I have uh-huh. to be. I was You're the go- lamest drunk on, <laughs> on the internet, Jen, just so you know. I am. I am. I did drink the one time the, during the Sharknado episode. Sharknado, I did. Okay. Tequila. Yeah, Jeff, we're really classy here on this show. Um, that Greg Johnson up in Canada. Greg, what are you drinking tonight? Well, listen, I'm actually driving tonight. I'm here in my house in the van, and uh, I've got my uh, brothers from different mothers, uh, my stepbrothers' glass of uh, Canada dry ginger ale. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Hey. We are awesome. Wow, what were you saying about a drunk, internet drunk? Yeah, or? yeah, yeah. This is the first time ever I haven't actually uh, been on All the right. show drinking. All right, well, let's uh, let's get to our guest. So, uh, Jeff, with over two decades of experience forecasting Florida's severe weather, uh, Jeff Birardelli is WFLA's chief meteorologist and climate specialist. All right, you got, like, double titles. That's pretty special. Uh, this is Birardelli's second time serving in the Tampa Bay area. Uh, Having last worked there from 1997 to 2003, uh, Jeff returns to the Tampa Bay area by way of New York City, where for the past few years, he served as CBS News meteorologist and climate specialist. And I know you were working on your degree up there, Jeff. So what uh, I'd imagine now that you're not there and down in Tampa Bay, that was a successful run. Is that correct? Yeah, it was. It happened during COVID. Um, and yeah, I, I graduated, got my master's degree in climate and society at Columbia University. Now, uh, right after I left, they established the climate school. So they have a whole school for climate as climate's becoming a, you know, a very, uh, you know, I would say a big and significant topic out there. So we're starting to see more of that. Anyway, it was really good. Yeah, no, it was a, it was an amazing run in New York. I went there to try to get the national media to talk more about climate change. I think I was somewhat successful, although, you know, it just also the weather got crazy and they decided that they would talk about it as well. But in any event, I think I accomplished my goals. And then my wife and I, we just had a, uh, a baby girl several months ago. Congratulations. And, uh, yep. and, uh, and, and as any of you know, who might have children, uh, life changes completely at that moment. So we made some big decisions and uh, I couldn't be happier to be back here. I, out of all the markets I've worked in, I've worked in some great ones. I worked in Miami, which I loved. Uh, Tampa, I've always kind of considered home. I've moved so much in my life, um, but Tampa's home to me. So one question before I turn it over to our co-hosts. Uh, so Columbia's got a new program. Uh, are they naming one of their buildings after you now, or how does that all work? Sure. As long as I'm willing to give them $50 million, they said for sure they would name one of their buildings after it. <laughs> hey Jeff, I have a question about. Yeah. Uh, the, well, I'm going to use the big A word, um, Andrew, mm-hmm. right? Like you know, uh, you, you're coming back to Florida from New York, and uh-huh. and um, you know, here we are. How many ever years later it is now? And, and thirty, you, yeah, thirty years. Exactly thirty. This is the anniversary. Yeah. yeah. And do you think that South Florida? It's inevitable they're going to get hit again, right? Uh-huh. That that's an it's a, a certainty at some point. Um, are they ready? Have they made the changes necessary 
that, uh, you know, to prevent the, the type of disaster that we saw 30 years ago. Do you have an hour? <laughs> yes. Well, yes. So yeah, exactly. Actually, actually, we have an hour. Um, so obviously, Hurricane Andrew changed everything. We say that, but it really changed the building codes in, in, in Florida. Um, so that, you know, new structures built after that, essentially, uh, have to be built to withstand a Cat 3 hurricane. Obviously, that Andrew is a Cat 5. Um, so I would say, yes, structures are better prepared. We are better prepared than we were in 1982. But here's the issue. We have a lot more people. We have a lot more structures. <clears throat> Andrew hit perpendicular to the coast, so it came in right through Homestead and, and Kendall out into the Everglades. But, you know, if you remember a couple of years ago, Irma looked like it was going to go straight through downtown Miami, downtown Fort Lauderdale, downtown West Palm Beach. What a disaster that would have been. Because as it stands right now, you get a hurricane, even a Cat 2 or Cat 3, you're going to wait years to get your roof repaired. There are not enough contractors to do the work. Can you imagine a storm just slicing right through the coastal plain right along I-95? So I think, you know, surviving the storm I hate to say it, that's the easy part. It's it's getting through what is going to be uh, extraordinarily disruptive uh, and, and and dangerous at first too, because of, you know it's hot in the middle of the summer. Nobody has air conditioning for the first few weeks. It's, you know resources are low. Anyway, um, I, I just think with the amount of stuff that we have built in harm's way, it's going to take years for any city to recover from a major hurricane like that. Uh, I, I can't remember the name of the town, but the building that fell down on the beach, uh, yeah. uh was it last year, guys? Uh, did anybody remember the name of the town? Yeah, it was North Miami beach, but I can't remember yeah. the name. Right. Um, so you have to, you have to imagine that that can't be the only property in the area that's got some structural issues after how many ever years, um, you know, like, is that being looked at as a, uh, like, is there any way to determine who's in real harm's way? Okay. It's a good question. Do you have an hour? Yes. Okay. Well, actually, yes, we do. Actually, we have less than an hour now because I took already. Um, so, you know, I lived in South Beach. Uh, and so I know Miami Beach very well. Um, so I don't know if the final report has been released from that building. And when I say it was in North Miami Beach, I just want to be clear. It wasn't in the city of North Miami Beach because there is actually a city on the mainland called North Miami Beach. It was on the north side of Miami Beach, just north of it. I um, can't remember off the top of my head. But, um, you know, a lot of us believe that it had something to do with saltwater intrusion because of a rising, because of sea levels rising and a rising water table there. Uh, anybody who knows anything about Miami knows the water comes up from the ground. So you could build a wall if you want around Miami Beach. The water does not come over the seawalls. It comes up through the sewers. It comes up through the the um, the, lime, the calcium carbonate limestone uh, ground. Uh, it's cavernous. So, with that said, um, who knows how many buildings are, are under the same uh, the same problems of Surfside? Surfside is thank you, thank you, Angela, for that. Surfside is where it was. Um, and here's the issue: uh, nobody wants to deal with it. Um, I believe the Florida legislature was supposed to take it up this past year. And what do you think they did? They passed on it. Why'd they pass on it? Because the builders don't want to have to deal with the extra regulations. Uh, 
So I, I, that's where we, that's where it was left off. Now, whether they've taken it back up again or not, I do remember being really angry when they heard, when I heard they passed on, because think about it, it just happened. It was a complete disaster. Everybody said, we're going to do something about it. And then when it came down to it, money got in the way, you know, and, and that's, and that's a problem. And I said, and I, so when I'll rewind quickly to say, I lived in Miami. So I understand the builders do not want to take the precautions they need to to protect these buildings against climate change and sea level rise in the future so they'll allow let's say a one one foot uh one or two feet of of uh of increased height uh on the you know in the soil but you try to push more than that and i'm, I'm making up numbers by the way but if you try to push too much the builders push back and they don't they don't want to they don't want to have to pay for the extra mitigation if you will or oh. That's so crazy. So Jeff, I have to ask you, yeah. since you, you started a family, you have a little baby girl and everything like that. And moving down from New York, when you were buying a house, what did you factor in? Like I didn't buy a house. You didn't buy a house. No. What is <laughs> I, I'm living, I, I'm living in an apartment right now. I, 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 my baby was two months old. We, we drove, you know, three days down to, uh, to Florida. I had to start like a few days after that. We were living in a hotel for two weeks. Uh, so no, there was no time, but I am going to buy at some point. I'm probably going to buy in a condo and I'll tell you why, because buying in a house, especially if you're anywhere near a flood uh, plane is an issue finding flood insurance, really not just flood insurance, any kind of insurance in Florida. A lot of insurers are starting to drop out of the market. So I'd rather be in a, in a, in a shared building where we have a shared responsibility to find insurance, uh, coverage, um, such that it keeps premiums lower. And also you have more buying power that way. So in my mind, at least, I don't want, I do not want, I had a house when I lived in West Palm Beach that was built in 1920, 1930. And I, first I had to have citizen's insurance, which is the insurer of last resort in Florida, is the state. And then Lloyd's of London came into the market. So I was able to get that. But the point is you're constantly every year or two uh, under threat of losing your insurance or of seeing your premium double. And that's not something I want to deal with. So for me, condo living is probably where I'm going to be. Oh my gosh. I love it. Very smart. And I know they had a similar situation. I heard lots of stories in Katrina where like the flood insurance was like, it was the wind from the hurricane that pushed the storm. Right. Up, you know? Yeah. And so they yeah. fight against each other and it's just, yeah. It's a disaster. But, yeah. It's exactly what they do. They, they, you know, they, yeah, it, they're going to try to deny as much as they possibly can. Yeah. So let's talk about forecasting, Jeff. Okay. So you were in New York City, snowstorms, all of mm -hmm. that. And then you've been in Florida, tornadoes, hurricanes. What is the hardest thing for you to forecast? And do you have a scariest weather moment, like while you were, you know, covering severe weather at the station and you guys had to take cover? Um, okay. So what is, what is the toughest to forecast? Uh, I'm going to say probably hurricanes. Um, just because, uh, you know, I, I, I grew up in New York City, you know, I, I forecasted nor'easters. I would I would say that where I have the least experience forecasting, it's tornado forecasting. I'm not a storm chaser. I've not done any time in Dallas or Oklahoma City or Topeka or any of that area. So I would say that's where if I have a, a weakness, that's my weakness. Um, and obviously my strength being hurricanes, I've worked here for so long still. Uh, look at this. Look at this season. I mean, especially sub-seasonal forecasting. Everybody thought this was going to be a banner year, uh, and it turned out to be a dud so far. Now, knock on wood, that could change. Um, but, you know, nobody got it right so far, so this really fooled us. I, I can't say that many, many, many people would Jeff, I got three bucks riding on it. Just remember that. Oh, I know. <laughs> 
So, um, so we'll see what happens. But so, and then the other, you know, I've never been in a situation where I felt that threatened. Uh, we, you know, we, we, we dodged a bullet with Matthew when I was in West Palm and we dodged a bullet with Irma. One went to the right, one went to the left. So I got lucky during those two storms. So I've, I've, you know, I've yet to be at a TV station on the air when a, a major hurricane came right over the station. Well, fingers crossed that it doesn't happen this year. Do you know um, it's been a hundred, more than a hundred years that that the Tampa Bay area has been hit directly by a, a major hurricane? Really? It, it's insane. We have dodged every bullet over the past century. Um, in fact, the, the the Cat Three that hit in. Um, 1921 hit Tarpon Springs. It didn't even really hit the heart of Tampa Bay. Um, but I will say that, you know, this area is, you know, I, I don't want to say that we are more vulnerable than New Orleans, but we're probably at least on par with New Orleans. There's so much low lying area. Tampa is just water, 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 water everywhere. Tampa Bay is huge yeah. um, and everybody's on the water. And and our infrastructure hasn't been tested in a hundred years. We haven't had a big hurricane. We just haven't. So, um, so so other than Jeff, other than dumb luck, is there anything to attribute that uh, that that like is it is it or is it just that? Dumb uh, luck? I think there's a little bit of dumb luck, but I think mostly it's it's the fact that we're kind of in a little nook and cranny there on the west coast of Florida, where, you know, most storms hit the southeast coast or go through the Keys. In order for a storm to really hit us, it has to move either north from the Caribbean and then hook to the east, which means it likely has to happen in September or October, probably late September, because usually storms are not necessarily in the Caribbean until October. Um, and sometimes you can get them moving to the Caribbean. But because right now, at least the climatology in September is that the storms stay out towards Bermuda or along the eastern seaboard. So it's October when, you know, we're most likely to get hit directly if we get hit directly. And the storm has to, you know, take that perfect curve to the east. A lot of times what ends up happening is they head up towards the panhandle, and then they make the turn. We've just, I mean, it's it's a combination of just not a favorable area for hurricanes and also dumb luck. But eventually, you know, our luck is going to run out. Wasn't Charlie, Hurricane Charlie in 2004 close? It was coming then, right at us. It was yeah. coming right at us. But you know these storms, all they have to do—they don't have to turn a lot. If they're if they're 200 miles offshore, and all they all they do is make a, a, a little you know jog about one or two degrees, they're going 100 miles further south or 50 miles further south. And Charlie was a tiny, tiny storm. You, it was so incredibly powerful. It was like a, it was like a, it was like a, a big, a huge tornado. Yeah, it was. It, but the way it came through, its core was like a tornado. Um, but if you went 15 miles outside of that core, you didn't even see a tree, like you didn't even see a leaf uh, off of a tree. That's that's how concentrated the power was with, with Charlie. So, it, so in Tampa, the winds were like five or ten miles an hour. Wow! And it was supposed to, and it was supposed to be a Cat Four hurricane. I'm not, I'm not kidding. It was, it was, it was, it was, it was just crazy quiet here and, during and the storm. Now, however, I will say that part of my market got hit hard. Uh, Polk County, which is in the eastern side of, of the, they, because Charlie was a strengthening storm when it moved on land, it had that upward momentum and it was moving at a decent pace. So when it got into Polk County, it still was a major hurricane. So it did a lot of damage in the eastern part of my viewing area. But again, what what's most destructive for our area is if a storm comes through Tampa Bay, because it forces all that water into the downtown of Tampa and St. Pete. Oh my gosh. And I remember I have a couple of friends that chased Charlie and that thing was a beast. Like, it I was. mean, they went through the eye and everything and the eye wall. It was incredible. So 
Would you ever fly into a hurricane, Jeff, if you had the opportunity? I mean, I haven't done it. Uh, and I, I haven't done it because I don't particularly love flying. I don't hate flying. I'm not afraid of flying. But I don't, I, you know, like when I take a bath, I get seasick. So, you know, my, I, I, it's not really, I'm kidding. I, 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 I'm kidding. I don't take baths. But, but, and I, and I used to be a commercial fisherman. I bet you didn't know that. Wow. Years and years ago. But still, I don't like bouncing up and down on the plane. Yeah, I agree. Um, that's so fascinating. Now, when it comes to tornadoes, like, um, did Charlie create like a lot of, were there a lot of tornadoes with landfall? I don't remember. This was uh, 20 years ago now. It was 2004 or five, Charlie, four. Yeah, 2004. Yeah. It's been a long time. And I was working in at WCBS in New York City that year. I just moved back, just moved back to, from, from Tampa. I just, that, I just moved back to New York City. Uh, and ended up missing it. I don't remember how many tornadoes it produced. Um, I would say it probably wasn't a prolific tornado producer because it just cut northeastward and it was pretty compact and tight. And, you know, I don't know. But we so, can check so that. Jeff, were you in New York when Sandy uh, when Sandy did its thing? No. In fact, I had moved back to Florida. So I really, I got to tell you, talk, you know, uh, it's kind of a joke between Talking me and Talking about dumb luck. <laughs> they call me... Um, uh, was it? Um, they just say that I, I have a shield, or I, the, uh, there's another media, another couple of meteorologists in the market who just remark about force me having field. this shield, this force field yeah, that yeah. somehow repels hurricanes, and it seems to work. <laughs> I just got back to Florida, and hurricane season has just quit. So, um, so you know, maybe I'm a lucky charm. We'll see. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what, you guys know we're in, we're in the midst of hurricane season, even though it has been a little quiet um, on the coast. Not so much out in the ocean, but, but here on the coast. Um, there's never been a better time to prepare now uh, because we're pretty much running out of time. So prepare your home for a storm, whether your home is wood, concrete, or brick. We trust and recommend Windstorm products for all the hurricane hardware you need for your storm shutters. And I actually, um, they sent me a little uh, sample kind of of these things. And Now, Jeff, you might be a lot more familiar with this stuff than Greg is uh, with with preparing your home and, and storm shutters. But uh, so they've got all this this hardware. So everything you need is there. And, and they've got the difference between a male and a female connection. So when you're, you're attaching the shutters to your home, um, uh, you kind of see the difference there a little bit with the female one. Uh, yeah. Apparently is maybe slightly more expensive, but you can put these little covers over the edge oh, and wait, it's a little more. The females are more expensive. Yeah. Okay. I did. That, that'll be our, our uh, episode title probably. Uh, but uh, the males are less expensive, and it's just true. That's yeah. right. The male bolts. I, sh I should have said bolts, right? Um, but these ones are a little more exposed, so you kind of put the covers on. So that's why they say these ones are a little prettier, I guess, on your home. But either way, whether it's brick or wood, there's all kinds of different um, examples of, of each. Uh, to prepare your home and have that in place. So again, uh, Windstorm Products, world's largest online distributor of your hurricane hardware. They even offer a $5 flat rate shipping to all 50 states. So visit windstormproducts.com for your one-stop hurricane hardware shop and tell them that the Stormfront Freaks sent you. So uh, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with more from Jeff. Stay tuned. <laughs> Let's all go to the lobby. 
Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The sparkling drinks are just dandy. The chocolate bars and the candy. So let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Well, welcome back to the show. Uh, Jeff, you'll notice our, our studio audience kind of has the same applause and hoot and hollering uh, every time we go to them. But uh, I do want to, uh, one of the first questions I've got for you. So you said you lived down in um, South Beach for for uh, what I guess how old were you while you were in South Beach? When was my that? Thirties, my thirties. Okay, yeah. so so that wasn't that long ago. I was going to ask you a question: Crockett or Tubbs? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know about I don't know about either. I don't think I watched that show. I think I was watching okay. the I think I was watching the A Team and Night Rider. Okay, so fair I think enough. I missed the Crockett and Tubbs. All right, so so here's a little more serious question. So you were talking about Tampa Bay. Not it's been a hundred years uh, since any you know hurricane, major hurricane hit. And you talked about the infrastructure. And so one of the things I've read about Tampa Bay is you said they hadn't been tested, really tested yet, is, is it seems like there's a big question about the ability to evacuate because of all the bridges and everything else. I, I guess what, what do you know about that and what can you talk about that question uh, for the city? Right. So when the winds get past a certain miles per hour, they shut down some of the bridges. Now, Pinellas County, Tampa is not an issue. It's not really an issue necessarily evacuating Tampa because Tampa, once you get north of Tampa, it's all land. There's no there's no water. And so that's Hillsborough County. But Pinellas County, where St. Pete and Clearwater is, that's difficult because the way to get out of Pinellas County is through the Sunshine Skyway Bridge South, which is a big bridge if you've seen it, or one of the causeways, the Courtney Campbell Causeway, the Howard Franklin Bridge, which is basically a causeway. And the Gandhi Bridge, which is, you know, kind of a bridge, kind of a causeway. And they go right over Tampa Bay. And, it, you know, if it's too stormy, too windy, they'll shut those down. So at that point, the only way to get out of Pinellas County is to go north and then around to the to the east. That's difficult because a lot of people live in Pinellas. It is a very densely populated county. Uh, so, yes, it would be very difficult. And it has been a problem in the past. So still going with this question like of infrastructure. So Angela, our amazing, one of our, she's incredible. She had a great question regarding the fact that actually today is the anniversary of the 1900 Galveston hurricane, which is the deadliest hurricane that the U.S. has ever had. And talking about after that, they lifted the entire city um, just to prevent flooding and the catastrophe that happened. Are they doing similar things in Miami, Tampa, and what are your feelings around that? I'm not sure if they're doing any of it in Tampa yet, but they are doing it in Miami Beach. Uh, South Beach has spent, last I checked, and when I lived there, they were doing this. They were spending five to six hundred million dollars to raise the streets a couple to a few feet. I think it was like three or four feet. So the streets, if you had gone, you know, before and after, you'd see that the streets were literally four feet higher. Plus, they were putting pumps in all over Miami Beach to pump the water back out because we were getting a lot of sunny day flooding. I mean, there were days that people were kayaking down the street. I would come out of a movie theater, and this did really happen one time. And I'm a meteorologist. I walked out. I'm like, did <laughs> it rain? What the hell happened? 
it was just water it was just high tide and it and it was an east wind and it was an astronomical moon of you know full moon and we ended yeah. up with with enough water to flood the streets it was happening so much that miami beach realized that they needed to start preparing by by you know essentially building the streets up and putting the pumps in and also preparing for what's going to happen decades from now when sea level is going to continually rise here in florida we're looking at another foot of sea level rise in about the next 30 years or less um but in terms of raising the buildings i'm sure there's some of that going on but i can't imagine that's very easy to do and i don't even know if it's really possible for some of these big buildings oh my god that's crazy go ahead Greg. well i was just going to say jeff to follow up on that um you know the united states is the the richest country in the world you're talking about spending 500 million dollars in in one city to raise some streets yeah. and you know that that number is going to go way up from there yeah. What about places like the Bahamas, uh, you know, like the, the islands in the Caribbean and and, uh, you know, the Hades of the world that don't have that kind of money to improve their infrastructure? Um, like, it just seems to me that that's where the real catastrophe of climate uh, change is going to be. It is. So uh, there's not much you can do for a lot of these islands. They are going under unless they are able to build up those islands. Um, years ago, I, I, I ended up meeting uh, one of the, uh, I don't know if it was the uh, prime minister of, a, of, a, of one of the island nations out in the Western Pacific Ocean. They're especially concerned about this. And, it, you know, I don't know what to say other than, you know, I don't know what they can do. I'm not an engineer. Um, I do think that there's international issues that crop up because once there's a foot of water over these islands, it's no longer... It, it, it's 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 not even their land anymore i think legally <laughs> it, it brings up all kinds of international problems um so uh they're facing an existential crisis let's put it that way and um hundreds of millions of people live in low-lying areas and especially in these poorer nations bangladesh you know just being one that comes to well, mind what, look at what happened in pakistan the, the last couple of weeks right like what a disaster. A third of a country is underwater. A third. Millions of homes are flooded. People are already very poor there. Their land, most of them are subsidence farmers, a lot of them at least, they have no farm anymore. Uh, so it is a, a, a tremendous catastrophe. And this is one of the reasons why with climate change we talk about. People have asked me, what are you most concerned about when it comes to climate change? And I'm not going to give you the standard answer. It's not, you know, bigger hurricanes. It's not you know, necessarily, you know, a flood that hits the United States. It's climate migration. Why? Because as it stands right now, nobody wants to bring extra people into the country as it is, you know, and most countries are like that. It's not just the United States. Um, people are going to be forced within. So first is going to be in, in, internal migration, which is happening very fast. In fact, the majority of, of migration over the past couple of years was not due to conflict. It was due to climate and weather disasters. The majority the vast majority across the world. Um, and then the next step is not just internal migration, it's external migration. And then you're talking about political conflicts that arise from that. That is what I'm most concerned about. Oh, and then of course, issues with supply chains. We saw what happened with COVID, right? COVID was just one thing. And look at how it metastasized into supply chain issues all over the world. And um, in terms of inflation, in terms of all the problems that it caused, lack of being able to get resources, compound that with with as climate change gets worse it just it's hitting all different parts of the world at the same time compound issues that's what worries me most about climate change it's not that one storm or that one heat wave or that one flood it's it's what 
So how do you get 50% of the population to buy into the climate disaster that's happening? Well, it turns out that you may not need to. It, it turns out that capitalism may do it for you. And what I mean by that is if you see what's happening with EVs right now, there's a pushback in some circles against uh, electric cars. Uh, you know, California has their rule that they're not going to sell any cars but electric cars starting in 2035. And there are people that are angry about it. Um, it probably won't matter very much because the market is about to, the market's going to hit a tipping point very soon. Let me explain why. In China, uh, about two years ago, about three to 4% of the cars that were being sold were electric vehicles, three to 4%. Do you know what it is this year? Take a guess. 26%. Wow. 20. That's about to happen here too. With the amount of money that's being pumped in this direction, the car companies were sitting just waiting for certainty from the government. Let me put this back in. I'm Italian, so I have to use my hands when I talk. Um, the, um, so the, the, you know, companies, the U.S. companies were waiting for the government to decide on what it was going to do. And they were ready to pounce now that money's available. And right. so they're so everybody's going to ready. You just watch the amount of money that's about to go into electrifying everything is it's just going to happen, literally like a boulder falling down a cliff. Um, so if it happened in China, they were three percent. Now there are twenty six percent EVs uh, in terms of each you know the new new cars that are being sold. So the point the point that I'm making is capitalism is going to do it for us. These are these technologies are going to become so cheap that you know it's going to be it's just going to drive the market. Um, I think that's my opinion. So, you know, I hope, it turns I hope out, you're you know, right. I hope you're right. Yeah. Just it's just really uh, disheartening to hear so much uh, pushback on on climate issues. You could have done it through regulations. People didn't want regulations. You're, you you can you could try to do it through uh, through politics. And, and it, it generally failed until just now that a, a bill barely, barely passed, which no one really thought was going to pass. But it turns out that it's really just going to be capitalism for now. Now, of course, that'll cause more problems down the road. But in the meantime, you know, there are problems that we need to deal with that are immediate issues. Um, so I think you're going to see um, a, a, a revolution. And I say revolution, and I don't mean to say it in a way where it sounds either, you know, Democrat or Republican. But there truly is something tremendous that's about to happen in this in this country and around the world. It's almost like the moment that we that that the that we tip from, uh, you know, horse and buggies to motorized vehicles. Well, I love your optimism. Yeah, I love it too. So let's talk a little bit just with the climate, keeping that in focus, beach erosion. I mean, we've talked about lifting streets and everything, but I mean, the millions upon billions of dollars of beach erosion, like what are communities going to do about that? Well, Greg asked a good question about, you know, about Miami Beach and $500 million. Uh, to, to South Beach, that's not exactly pocket change, but it's kind of pocket change. So what's going to happen is exactly what's always happened and what will always continue to happen, which is the rich people will have beaches and the poor people won't. I don't like that answer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, think about this. So the Army Corps of Engineers are trying to come up with plans to build walls around cities to try to protect them from rising sea level, right? Well, the wall has to end somewhere. Where is it going to end? You know, in Manhattan, they were proposing walls up to like just north of, you know, downtown Manhattan. So the battery, just north of the battery. Well, what happens just north of the battery? All the water is piling up, trying to get in the battery. It can't get in the battery. It's just going to go around the edges wherever the wall stops. It's going to stop wherever the wherever the real estate is less valuable. So um, unfortunately, this is the world we live in. 
It's true. All right, so that, that was that was kind of a mix. Greg, you're talking about optimism, and then then we kind of got that. And we're, but that, Jeff, that is the sound of our lightning round. So this is our game show of flashy and brilliant questions uh, that we get to play with our guests. And I, I mentioned to you earlier we're going to play an oldie but goodie tonight. Um, we're going to play a little game with you called Hurricane or Supermodel. <laughs> So Hurricane or Supermodel, we pull this one out every once in a while. And um, so how this how this game goes, Jeff, is I'm going to give you a name. And you need to tell me, is that the name of a, a 2022 Atlantic Hurricane? Uh-oh. Uh, or is that the name of a supermodel? Could it be both? Um, possibly. <laughs> possibly. Yeah. It could. And and it could be way more possible that I really know, uh, right? Because super supermodel, who knows? Well, that could encompass a, a lot of different names. But um, so that's it. I just I'm going to give you a name, and and uh, the freaks are always welcome to kind of chime in and and be your your go-to if you need to. But uh, that that's pretty simple how it works. You ready? I'm ready. All right. So here we go. So the first one, the first name is Natalia. Is that a uh, 2022 hurricane name or a supermodel? Well, can I phone a friend? Uh, I'm sure <laughs> you can do it every want. You're the guest, oh, okay. so. All right, dude. Can I get a clue from one of one of the folks who's here on uh, in the Brady Bunch here? What do you I think, freaks? That, that assumes we know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I think I think it's a supermodel. You think it's a supermodel? Yeah. You would be correct. Uh, Natalia Vadianova. Whoa. So there you go. All right, next one. Paula. Paula. Hurricane or supermodel? I think both. You're actually correct. Whoa. <laughs> I saw Paula and I'm like, oh shoot, I think there's like at least one Paula. Paulina. Then... There's a Paulina. Oh. Paulina, Paulina Porskova. Is that who yes. it is? That's okay. What I mean. But I'm, I, sure, there's, there's I'm sure there's a Paula too. I'm giving that to you. All right. The next one is Lisa. Lisa, Hurricane or Supermodel. A hurricane. Super, supermodel Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? There, there could be a, could be a Lisa either. supermodel too, and I, I apologize to her if there actually is one. But no, that is a 2022 hurricane. You're correct. Uh, Miranda. Oh, that's a supermodel. Wow. Mar- Do you know who? Which Miranda? Good. No, I have no idea. Okay, uh, Miranda Kerr. Okay. okay. Uh, all right, Tobias. Oh, that's a storm. Technically, it's actually both. That's another one where I thought, okay, that's good. And then I was looking up supermodels. Oh, there's, there's a, a Tobias. Tobias. A Tobias supermodel? Is, yeah, it a, some, is it a woman or a man? It's a guy. It's a guy. Oh, okay. Uh, all right. Next one, Jessica. That's a supermodel. Wow. Jessica Jeff, Stam. You are on fire. <laughs> Jessica <laughs> Stam. Well, can I just say, Greg, that the names don't really change. They've been the same for like 15 years on the hurricane list. Unless they get retired, yeah. Unless they get retired. So, you know, we have, we have, in fact, we have another storm coming up. I think the next one on the list is has been used before. I could be wrong. I feel like Phil should have bet his $3 on you getting all these mm-hmm. corrects yeah. rather than. <laughs> I would have a better shot. I would have a better <laughs> shot. What, Jeff, how, how often are they rotated? Like, when are they rotated? When is one? I think it's like every 10 or 20 years or something like that. The WMO, every, okay. all the country, all the countries yeah. that are that are affected by it. So it could be Canada and also the Caribbean nations and Central America and the United States. They all get to get 
all together and, and they come up with new names. So I can't remember exactly, but it's it's maybe 20 years, maybe 10 years. Okay. All right, Sherry. Um, that is interesting. I think that might be a supermodel. Oh. It, uh, <laughs> it might be, and I, I might be pronouncing this wrong. It's, it's S-H-A-R-Y. Is that Sherry, Shari? Yeah. S-H-A-R-Y? Yeah. No, there's a pronoun- the pronouncers are on the National Weather Service site. I'm not going to look now because I don't want to cheat. But if you if you look at the pr- the names, have a pronunciation. All right. So I might have pronounced it wrong three off, so that that's fair. All right, Look Oliver. No hitter. Oliver. Oh, um, I'm trying to think. Would the O uh, was there an O storm that was retired recently? Otto was Otto the storm. Yeah, I feel like. Uh, uh, because that would be the only way that because I don't remember Oliver. So Oliver's a new name then, um, and I I can't remember. So, so Jennifer, do you remember an O name that's been retired recently? I want to say Oliver's a hurricane. I want to say. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm going to go along with Jennifer. <laughs> oh. That was your mistake. That was your mistake to go along with the, the watermelon, uh, water, bubbly I was water so drinking well. co host. Well. Oliver Cheshire, uh, supermodel. All right. Here's your last one. All, all the money's on this one, Jeff. Carl. Carl. Hurricane or supermodel? Uh, hurricane. Okay, right? Very good. Very. It's, it'd be an interesting supermodel name, <laughs> Carl. <laughs> they need to make a Will Ferrell supermodel movie, and his name's Carl. I like that. Didn't Ben Stiller have one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Zoolander or something yeah, like that. Yeah. Wasn't that what that was? Yeah. Well, Jeff, good job. That was good. That was very good. So uh, do this. Let us know where our listeners can find you on social media or follow you or whatever. Yeah, I mean, on Twitter, I'm very, very active. It's at WeatherProf, at WeatherProf on Twitter. <laughs> and then I am active on my Facebook, uh, Jeff Ferradelli Facebook, um, on my, my work page. But I would say if you really want, you know, because I, I post a lot more on Twitter. Twitter's a place. Very good. Well, I'll tell you what, tropical season is upon us and at helicity.co slash SFF. They've got a huge selection of creative weather and hurricane-themed T-shirts, uh, gear, merchandise, including some Stormfront Freaks uh, merchandise like our hashtag WeatherFools shirts and stickers. Uh, just go to the exclusive site. It's helicity.co slash SFF, and you're going to earn 5% off your entire order. And while you're there, again, click on the Brands tab, and that's where you'll find all your Stormfront Freaks. <laughs> Fed too, I'm on the Hard Mountain Dews, MJ. Um, that's where you're going to find all your Stormfront Freaks favorites. So, again, that's helicity.co slash SFF. So it's time for our final break, uh, but we definitely have more to come, including hashtag WeatherFools and some cool WX resources to share. Hi, Mark Sabbath here, HurricaneTrack.com, and you are listening to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. Let's take a drive under the moon. Let's take a drive under the somber sky. Let's take a drive under the moon. 
All right. It's that time of the show. My favorite part of the show. This is where we do hashtag weather fools. This is where we scour the internet for all those idiots, those morons, those kind of people that just don't get it. And uh, they do dumb things when bad weathers are happening. And listen, guys, I'm going to start off uh, with uh, with the one that I've got. Uh, and uh, MJ, if you can cue that up, I'm going to go to this one, which is uh, out of uh, this is actually out of Canada, out of Kelowna, British Columbia. And this is a, a kind of a, a photo uh, a photographer uh, thought it would be a good idea to do uh, engagement photos or, or proposal photos <laughs> with uh, severe weather around. And uh, she caught this photo uh, uh, of a lightning strike. Looks like it's maybe hitting the tree uh, fairly close yes. behind the couple. And uh, listen, guys, don't do this at home. Bad weather. Don't bring your clients out, and, and it's just a, not a good idea. That is did, crazy. Look did at they, that. Did they feel like that was a sign? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They well, should have. <laughs> they they should have, yeah. So I thought this one was pretty pretty wild. Uh, now, the other one I've got, Phil, is uh, this video from, uh, I don't know if you guys have seen this one. This comes from the Weather mm. Channel's uh, um, uh, Instagram account. But this is a, a looks like a little dog, and he's a golden retriever, and he's swimming, and all of a sudden these manatees just like explode out of the water. Oh my gosh! Eating frenzy. Let's just watch it. Does. It, again it looks like a bunch of sharks. It like does. oh my god! Oh my gosh! Now, for all you dog lovers out there, uh, I will let you know that no. Uh, no Fido was harmed in the filming of this okay. video, so the, the dog was uh, uh, the dog was okay. But I was still kind of funny to see that one. Now, Jen, you had a weather fool as well for us. I do have a weather fool, and um, so this is actually from a couple weeks ago. The amazing water spout that was off of the, the Florida Gulf Coast, and there were a lot of weather fools on this day. I'm just going to say that because this isn't your typical water spout. Obviously, this was from a supercell thunderstorm. It was actually a tornado over water, technically a water spout. But, I mean, it was crazy as it came on shore. And you can see people running from the beach. Oh, look at oh that. my gosh. Yes. Like, I mean, you should – I know it's cool, and I – I'm going to be a hypocrite. I may be out there filming, but from a safer distance than that. Like there's I mean, people right in there. Right? Oh, look at that. Oh, look at yeah, them. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It's like zero metering right there. Exactly. Yeah. And, and there was just the news the other day of just a random gust of wind that stabbed a woman with the umbrella on the beach and killed her. Oh. I don't know if you heard that. So I I'm didn't like, hear that. Geez. Oh, jeez. Yeah, so you don't want to do this. This is definitely not something somewhere you want to be. So just be careful, no matter what the weather is when you're on the beach. But, so you know, that. Jen, we're all weather fools ourselves, and we know we would all be out there filming as well. This is true. This is true. <laughs> MJ, you, you have a weather fool for us. Yeah, I'm going to throw this one up there, and I'm going to try to find it. Ah, uh, yes, the baseball it, game. Yes, the baseball game. This was at the twin. This was shared to us, by the way, by our uh, Patreon teammate, Steve uh, Collier. 
and I'll get it moving here for us. And uh, yeah, this is a Twins game at Target Field in July, and there's just an incredible wind and shelf cloud coming in. Wow! And everybody's sitting around watching it. Uh, they brought the tarp out on the field, so at least they called the game uh, or postponed the game for lightning and storm, which is sometimes they don't do in Major League Baseball. So at least they did that. But everybody's just Wow. That's but I mean, what do you do in a case like that? Because right. you can't get everybody out and be people to trample each other. So you know, maybe get them in, inside if that's possible. Get As a photographer, away. I have to say that's my dream photo right there. Yeah, I bet it is. You know, here, here's here's the problem though with Major League Baseball is they don't like they're the worst as far as professional sports. They don't they were under a thunderstorm warning. Yes. And they still hadn't they were still playing the game before any of that hit yep. um didn't evac you know they 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 always wait till the last minute till basically you know it starts raining and then it's like doesn't matter like you have a shelf cloud it's not even raining yet until that thing's right above you so yeah but phil they got to get there what would a baseball what yeah. do they play now 400 games a season or something yeah family? that's true like, yeah. Like it, it seems yeah. like they're playing every day they got to get them in they got to get them in phil you got some uh, weather fools for us I do. Uh, so the, the first one I'm going to share with you guys, uh, this was Scott Duncan. This was a tornado in Scotland. Um, and, and what's interesting about this, as I play it, you'll kind of see it in the background. Someone's on their balcony kind of taking this. It's a residential area. Yeah. Um, but you'll see he'll zoom in. And there's a dude there it is. Uh, basically walking home his groceries. <laughs> right, Just right there on the, the right, road. Right on the road. Just walking his groceries home with oh a tornado, God. you know, what, maybe 200 yards, 300 <laughs> yards. Wow. That reminds Jeez. me of Lawnmower Man. That's it, very similar it does to that a little Lawnmower bit. Man. He's not even hustling. He's yeah. Like, well, I mean, this is, you said Scotland, right? Yeah, it's Scotland. I mean, how often do they have tornadoes? I imagine very, very rarely. Yeah. But still, oh, my goodness. So, so Jeff, you just said the whole country is a bunch of weather fools because they haven't. Uh, <laughs> is that what you said, right? You don't have I'm much not, experience. I heard them. Okay. Send your cards and letters too. All right, exactly. All right, the next one. Uh, so Dallas. So um, this would definitely be something, Dan. You 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 know that you guys gotten some water recently. So here's our obligatory turnaround, don't drown video of downtown Dallas. Uh, someone's taken a uh, taken some video from their office window, and one of the streets is completely underwater. It's dirty water because it looks like there's some construction going on nearby. You cannot see the bottom. No. <laughs> so it's just a wing and a prayer that the road is still underneath your wheels. But you got these people. They watch somebody go through, and they're going, "Yeah, I can do it too." Right. Yeah. Just follow that trail, and ho hope there's not a sinkhole. That's usually the right. It's so terrible for your engine, though. Like, it's just, Oh, it's no. horrible. Yeah. yeah. All right. And then the last one I've got is also from Dallas. But this is worse because this is now actually, um, they tried driving through water, oh, no. stalled, and now they are putting rescuers in danger because now the rescuers oh. have to try and go out uh, to the vehicle and yeah, the save worst. those that right. are stranded. Right. Oh that's the, that's the real weather fool here. It right? sure is for sure. Yeah. Look how dirty that water is, though. Oh, like, I know. Gross. Yeah, flood waters are not something to go swimming yeah, in. Yeah, Jen, when you say water in this case, you have to use air quotes. 
Yeah. There's probably some other stuff floating around in there. I know. <laughs> yeah, it's been a crazy month for floods. I mean, across the U.S. Well, really, everywhere. Yeah, Thanks everywhere. Yeah, yeah, that's wild. Jeff, you're right. Well, listen, uh, that was uh, hashtag Weather Fools. You can, uh, if you want to see them for yourself, you can check out the show notes for episode 165. And uh, yeah, and we'll send it back to you now, Phil. Find that. Yep, find that at stormfrontfreaks.com. This is also one of my favorite parts of the podcast, and I just wish everyone could visually see MJ dancing really well to that <laughs> intro. I mean, he just was enjoying that a lot, so I got to give MJ some love. So this is weather resources. We want to give you some fun, unique resources that we use ourselves to forecast that maybe either it's the educational content. If you're a teacher, if you're a parent, you want to teach your kids about the weather or you have a business, or you just want to learn about meteorology yourself. So I have one, which is kind of really cool. We've been talking about, you know, climate change and things getting, disasters getting bigger and, and worse and everything like that. So Storm Geo, if you go to stormgeo.com um, backslash weather, they offer a whole bunch of weather resources. And these are for businesses specifically and different industries. And so they are there to actually help prepare your business and make sure that no matter what happens during any season of the year, that you guys have the tools and protection that you need. And so they have weather preparedness for hospitals. They have an entire guide for hospitals to make sure that they stay safe. Um, hurricane preparation for other businesses, um, how to harness the life-saving power of Twitter in an emergency. So they give very valuable tips to basically any type of business, even schools. And so I think this is a really awesome resource that um, anyone would benefit from. So it's stormgeo.com backslash weather. With that said, I'm going to throw it to Greggles. Um, Greg, you've got one. Sure, Actually, Greg. you know, I, I, I said I had one, Jen, but I'm going to throw another one, one that I've uh, I've talked about before, but I just want to hit it again because I literally used it today. Uh, and the it, it's an app for my phone called Windy. And uh, Windy, what it does is it represents, you can literally see the wind uh, and, and wherever you are. You can actually see what the wind's doing as a, as a visual, um, uh, I don't know, visual graphic. And you can see where the low pressure is swirling and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, I love Windy. And here's why I used it today. I have a long drive this evening, or, or today I had to do a long drive. And I checked Windy, and I knew I was going to be driving into a headwind. And with gas prices the way they are right now, I'm like, I don't want to do that. So I look a little bit further out into the forecast, and it tells me, you know what, I'm going to be driving into less wind if I go in a, in a couple hours instead of uh, earlier in the day. So anyway, Windy is the app, easy to find, uh, and I, I love it, uh, use it all the time. Uh, the other one is one that you cued me on today, Jen, when we, when we talked on email, and I've uh, shared this before, but if you um, if you check out Global Hazards Weekly Bulletin, Global Hazards Weekly Bulletin, and that's from uh, Reading University or Reading University in the UK, but they put out this uh, Global Hazards Weekly Bulletin, and you can literally find. Oh, sorry, MJ. There you go. Uh, it doesn't look pretty. It's not a super pretty um, uh, website, but if I click on the week of September 2nd, for example, it'll tell me every country 
anything that's that you want to know about, whether it's an earthquake, whether it's uh, a hurricane, uh, flooding, any kind of disasters that happen anywhere on, on Earth, uh, the Global Hazards Weekly Bulletin will, will have it. And so uh, I've always uh, loved that one as well and thought I would share it again. Greg, th those are both so awesome. And I have to say, only a meteorologist would think about looking at the headwind before going on a road trip and planning it around that. Yeah, I just have to say that. That was really good. So, Phil, you've got a couple. Yeah, I do. Uh, first one is actually an app that I uh, recently discovered and, and found out, and it's called My Lightning Tracker. Um, you can get this on iOS or Android, either one. Uh, but this is very similar to, what you know, one of my favorite websites for lightning is the blitzer tongue <laughs> if that's how it's pronounced i always forget how it's pronounced um i think you got it okay but i'm not hearing correction so that's good <laughs> uh, but what's so cool is it's live it's it's live data live lightning strikes um across any part of the world and and this app pretty much does the same thing you can look at any part of the world and see uh, almost instantaneous live where lightning strikes are happening and how many. Um, but this is a, a great resource, again, especially if you're doing anything outdoors, uh, if you have kids and they're doing any kind of activities, sports, uh, anything, you know, because a lot of people, the, the thing I've discovered for kids' outdoor activities is no one is really monitoring the weather. True. <laughs> Uh, until it's upon you like like no one's aware of it and again it's very hard to plan and prepare if you're not giving people a heads up of what's going on so so this is just a great uh it's like a it's a free app with some ads and if you don't want the ads you can pay a little something i think but again it's called my lightning tracker and it's uh ios or android the second thing i i want to cover is um something i'm i'm kind of excited about and and you guys know I've been talking about um, storm chaser safety for a long time. Like just something that it, that there's a huge need for this. There's a to dis just discuss and bring it up and talk about it. And uh, there's been a big effort done from the National Storm Chasers Summit. Uh, Eric Fox kind of is is he's been a guest with us before, and he's doing a lot with that and promoting safety. Uh, one of the things that I'm doing a little bit in conjunction with the National Storm Chaser Summit coming up this February, is they're going to start having like some CPR classes, uh, doing things like that, right? Because if you're chasing storms, it's, it's, it's going to happen at some point that you're going to come across storm damage and people that have been hit by that storm. And so the more prepared you are to be able to help and, and not just be someone who's creating a bigger problem or getting yourself in trouble, uh, but actually be someone who's trained to be able to help, the better, right? The more people we have in that position, the better. So one of the things that we're doing with Stormfront Freaks is we're going to be um, having, it's actually an emergency, it's a storm chaser safety emergency kit. And what it's going to be is a water bottle, um, uh, kind of a, a simple plastic kind of water bottle, right? So let alone you could fill it up with water, use it to help give people water, whatever. But in the water bottle, um, we're going to put a couple things. Number one, there's going to be a uh, CPR mask. Wow. So like if you have to give CPR, it's a mask that you can put on the victim uh, to kind of give yourself a little barrier. Uh, so there's going to be a little uh, CPR mask in there. There's going to be one of these paracord bracelets, 
If you guys have seen these before, you can yeah. basically unravel it, and it's got like 80 feet of paracord. So oh, if no. you got to try and pull trees out of the way, if you got to try and do something like that, it's just something simple uh, that you'd have access to. There's going to be a Mylar rescue blanket. So if you come across someone that might be in shock, can't move them, um, and a lot of times, right, storms come through and there's cold weather behind them. Uh, this is a great way to just keep someone until uh, uh, more trained personnel are coming, uh, keep them warm. Uh, there's going to be some uh, rubber gloves, right? So you've got something to quick throw on if you're dealing with anybody that might be bleeding. Uh, and there's going to be a bandage, a four-inch roll of bandage that can be used if someone's bleeding. Uh, it could be tightened to, to possibly use as a tourniquet if you're trained to be able to do that. Um, but it's going to have all those things in the little water bottle. And we're going to basically be giving those out to people that are meeting certain safety uh, certifications. Like you get a CPR, uh, you become CPR certified, we'll give you one of those. You get certain certifications. We haven't figured out all the details on that yet, but it's something that we're going to be giving away to help promote um, getting better trained to help out if you are going to be out and about with storms. Oh my gosh, I love this, Phil. So basically, we have to go in February to get one of those water bottles. Um, that's where we're going to start it. That won't be the only place to get it. Now, I would highly encourage all of you to come. It's a great time. Uh, Angela's been there, Dan's been there. Um, uh, was there last year. I don't know, Greg, if you've ever been there before, but uh, it's it's down in uh, Oklahoma City, and it'll be in February. Um, and they've got also great speakers, all that kind of stuff. Is this um, the Storm Chaser Conference? Yeah, basically. Is it the, the one that Roger Hill was putting on years ago? Um, for a number of years, I think he was involved. He's no longer involved in that, and it's kind of morphed into something a little different, but kind of the same thing. They're They're – trying to take advantage of what was started and created and, and kind of keep it going. Yeah. So, so for, yeah, so that's it. Awesome. For all Can I just say that I, I have to say, I, I missed, I went to that one year. Oh, cool. And I, but I only say that because while I was there, there was like a 36 inch snowstorm in New York city. I missed a giant, <laughs> no, again, giant, well, like one of the biggest <laughs> snowstorms ever <laughs> hit during that conference. I was so oh upset. <laughs> I had to be at the storm. I wanted to be at the storm chaser. I couldn't be in two places at one time. Anyway, okay, Jeff, sorry, Jennifer. Jeff, the force field bear deli. Yeah. <laughs> I was just about to say, Jeff, oh my gosh. Like, I, I just, it's fascinating. So, if you want to learn about all those weather resources, get the, the links and everything else, go to stormfrontfreaks.com, episode 165, show notes. Send me a postcard, drop me a line. You've got mail, baby. Yeah. All right, what do we got, MJ? Yes. Yes, we do. Alec is enough. Uh, checked in with us. That's exactly Alec. Alec E-S-N-O-U-G-H. Um, just started listening to the show from the beginning. First of all, apologize for some of those. <laughs> um, you know, Jeff was in one of our early shows, so okay, that, that was well, probably one of our better ones. That was we were getting <laughs> we were getting going by that time, apparently. Um, but anyway, but but Alec still loves it. Uh, have you guys tried the Lightning Camera app? I'm not sure if it's on iOS, but it's for sure on Android. I've gotten some really sweet shots with it. Neat. So, and keep up the good work, he says. So I don't know how far along he is in our episodes, but uh, they get better. So <laughs> keep, keep listening, Alex. It's all relative. It's I love how relative. you guys are apologizing <laughs> for the first three years. 
Well, not that, that we're many. humble. No, not that many. Um, Lo- Loyal Terrier checked in. Um, says, didn't see uh, WX Serena, that's uh, Serena, pop up anywhere in these comments. And I'm a little disappointed. I absolutely love her on Stormfront Freaks podcast. I always look forward to her commentary. And, of course, her latest weather-themed beers. And unfortunately, Serena's not with us tonight, but I'm sure she'll listen to it and hear that. And we appreciate that for sure. And then one more. Um, Link is a weeb. Uh, checked in on <laughs> Apple. Yes, checked in on Apple Podcasts. Gave us five stars nice. and said, fun commentary, informational, and just a good time listening to it. So thank you, Link is a weeb, for that. <laughs> Keep listening and please tell a friend. Uh, we love to receive those uh, reviews. Uh, so keep them coming on your favorite podcast share and go to stormfrontfreaks.com and find links to all our socials where you can follow us, comment and share your uh, favorite podcast with others. That's awesome. great. And, and and thank you all of you that that have the, the nice things to say. Uh, we don't we don't share all the ones that, that maybe don't have the yeah, nice things to say. <laughs> we, we keep those to ourselves. But no, in all honesty, it, it's it's always great to hear from you guys and, and to know that you know, you're, you're appreciating and loving what we're doing. And, and uh, it's always a lot of fun. And it's all, it's always about the guests because if it was just a show with us, it would not be interesting at all. Um, so anyway, so I think that just about does it uh, for this episode of Stormfront Freaks podcast. So thanks for listening and watching. Before I announce the guest of our next show, uh, if you do like the show, don't forget to follow the show on your podcast player so you'll get notified and you get to receive the latest episodes of our show delivered right to your library. The moment they get released, you can find all the podcast player options at stormfrontfreaks.com. And please help us out. As MJ said, send, send a friend, maybe your favorite episode, just uh, share it with them, just give them a chance to hear it as well. That's, that's always means a lot to us. And I will say this, we just issued our first bonus episode in years. Uh, we just issued a bonus episode last uh, or this past weekend of a couple raw clips. You know, some of these clips uh, we edit out uh, for the audio podcast. So if if you're not a Patreon member or not aware of Stormfront Freaks Raw, which is just the raw recording of our show, uh, you miss out on a lot of great stuff. And and so we just we shared a couple clips like that on a, a special bonus episode. Uh, so check that out if you haven't heard it. You can also subscribe to our YouTube page, and you can watch previous versions of our recordings on Storm, of Stormfront Freaks Raw, uh, which I said is completely unedited. You hear all the great conversations during breaks, great questions from our VIPs for guests, and who knows what else uh, that gets beeped out or edited out of the podcast. Um, also visit our website, stormfrontfreaks.com, and find our Patreon link. That's how you can check out all the ways we can do more with you and how you can help support the show. Uh, I will share this with you guys. Um, so we have like four levels of our Patreon. Uh, two of the levels, one is EF5, uh, I think it's like merch and more level. And then the other is our VIP hurricane level. And each of those levels, um, we send them some special exclusive branded uh, merchandise. And so I always love when we get something new that we're going to keep sending out. So some of our latest uh, or longest uh, uh, VIPs and, and EF5 members, they're going to get this uh, Stormfront Freaks water bottle. Nice. Uh, so this is uh, the new water bottle that uh, we just got in. Uh, we're going to be sending this out as the next quarterly gift for some of our long-term uh, patrons. So 
It's kind of cool. So go to stormfrontfreaks.com, find out more on that. Hey, special thanks. He he stuck around. I you know sometimes I don't know why, but Jeff did, <laughs> and I love it. So uh, special thanks to I'll Jeff Girardelli. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Jeff. Uh, appreciate the oh, time. And, and, uh, I, had, I had a great time. Thank you, guys. And and making it fit because I know we kind of had to, to reschedule no, some I, things. Listen, and, I'm, I'm going to be on late tonight, so I, it's just a perfect night. It worked out very well. Very good. Very good. So uh, let's do this. Let's find out, Freaks, where uh, our listeners can maybe find or follow you guys. Uh, Jen, how about you? Uh, you can follow me, Jennifer Weather, on Instagram and TikTok and at jwatson underscore WX on Twitter. Very good. Greggles? Uh, Tornado Greg on Twitter, Instagram, and uh, Facebook. And uh, cameraeasy.ca is my teaching website. If uh, you want to learn how your camera works, uh, give it a check it out. All right, MJ. At Mark Stormpod, M-A-R-C, Stormpod on Twitter. Very good. And you can find me Twitter. I'm usually tweeting uh, right on our at Stormfront Freak uh, account. So check me out there. Our next episode, we're back next week, uh, recording live on September 15th. Uh, this is going to be fun, guys. We've got Storm Chaser and YouTube weather phenom Ryan Hall, y'all. Uh, Ryan Hall is going to be on the show. Uh, looking forward to meeting him, and uh, he—it's it, amazing what he's done on YouTube um, with creating uh, weather media. Uh, it's really cool how he's done that. I, I'm curious just to get some more information from him on that. But uh, if you're if you know Ryan Hall or you follow him, he's going to be on the show next week. And what's—I'll—I'll I'll tease this. So um, you guys know James Spann, friend of the show. He's been on. Uh, a few times with us as well. He he had a social media post that had one of I think I think it was one of Ryan's. Um, what do you call Jen? A screenshot that you put on your YouTube a thumbnail. So it yep. was a thumbnail of something of his that was kind of you know it was it was ex I don't want to say exaggerating, but it was kind of making it a bigger deal, you know, and and uh, which you kind of have to do in social media a little bit if that's what you're kind of trying to do and and james Spann was kind of like you know we don't need this kind of stuff this is da, 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 which is fine i get his viewpoint as well um but ryan was like hey bring bring me on your show we'll talk about it whatever so i had reached out to ryan before and we've got him on the show he's going to be on weather brains the following monday <laughs> so we'll we'll have him on first and post the show first um and, and may, maybe get a little tease on on what he's uh, he's going to do with James. I'm so <laughs> be for that. It'll be good. So uh, for, I would just, I would just say this for for Jeff and Jen, MJ Greggles, and and we got uh, Dan and Angela in the house as well. I'm going to go ahead and signal the all clear, and we'll catch you guys next time. Good night, everybody. Nice. Thank you for listening to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. Find our bi-weekly show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or your favorite podcast app. And watch our live and recorded shows on YouTube. For show notes, additional information about this episode, as well as past and upcoming shows, videos, photos, merchandise, and more, visit our website at stormfrontfreaks.com. While you are there, check out our live interactive storm chaser radar provided by our friends at zoomradar.com. If you would like to contact us with questions or make comments about the show, shoot us an email to questions at stormfrontfreaks.com or follow us on Twitter or Facebook. Search Stormfront Freaks. We'd love to hear from you. Join us next time and tell a friend about the Stormfront Freaks podcast. <laughs>